0: One of the number one things that shows up in my DMs is, hey Jason, do you mind if I pick your brain a bit? So here we go. Coaches, here is your chance to ask your questions directly to me about coaching and running an all-star cheer program. I'll be hosting a virtual coaches training and Q&A. We'll talk about the things that you want to talk about, but I imagine we'll talk about everything from scheduling practices to working with parents. Guys, sign up now because I wanna keep this group very very small so it's super beneficial to those who are on the call and obviously is first come first serve link in the show notes for more details this question right here is why i'm not as close to families as i would like to be and it is because the industry families have turned very transactional over the years, meaning you know, at one point, it and we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I am your host, Jason Marcus. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up, you tune it into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Lockheed. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 108. Not sure if there's gonna be a 109, but thank you for joining. We have a great show for you guys today, and today is all about tryouts. We took your questions that were DM'd to us and questions that were left in our question of the week submission link, and then we answer as many as we can. Could. There are questions from coaches and owners as well as parents, and I try to be as honest and as thorough as possible with a story or two. But before we get into that, if you're new, welcome to the show, and this is a great time to be joining the show starting at the very beginning of the season, talking about tryouts. And so that you never miss out on another episode, be sure to subscribe, new episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google. Podcast, And if you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram and on TikTok. Jason C. Larkins on TikTok. And let's talk to your podcast on Instagram. And a shout-out to Claire, who's holding us down on IG. And speaking of shout-outs, shout-out to my mother, Sheila, Sarah, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate Michelle, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine, Heidi, Adam, Jasmine, Casey and our newest supporter, Melissa, for the best cookies for all occasions. Check out Sweet Miss Bake Shop on IG. That is not a paid ad. I just love her cookies and glad that she is supporting us. And, yes, they ship. And if you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes For that. But the best free way to support the show is to share the podcast. Share the podcast. You know, you have people in your life who would benefit from the conversations we have here on the show. So send a text message, post it on your Facebook, or post it to your IG. And by sharing it on your Instagram, you are entered to win a free coaches training with me. All you have to do is take a screenshot of an episode of the podcast post that on your story tag our instagram in that post and that is it share the podcast on your story tag the let's talk to your podcast in the post and you are entered the more shares the more entries winner will be announced in episode 110 someone is going to win why not you. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a cheer mom who represents all you parent listeners and asks the questions that you guys have. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more what's good? How's life been?
1: Life has been very good. Um. As much as I love like the hustle and bustle of in the thick of, you know, like we say, in the thick of it, in the cheer season, these past two weeks, you know, my athletes don't go to summit. Um, so these past two weeks, we have just literally been soaking it all in, letting the girls relax, not making them do anything, like just taking time off. And I almost kind of like don't know what to do with myself because I'm so used to Monday through Thursday, running them from team to team to team. So it's actually been really nice being able to just sit back, relax, come home, you know, make dinner, have dinner at a decent time. But I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast before. Um, but my girls, like when we're in the thick of, Cheer, They get so tired of cheer. And when they have like a three day break, they're like, when are we going back to cheer? And they're already like, how long until tryouts? How long until tryouts? So um, definitely ready to get back in the gym. Um, But it's been nice having a little bit of a break. So how was the summit? How was your guys' time?
0: Dude, summit was great. You know, I recapped everything in whatever the last episode was, so I won't, I won't go through the whole episode. But, you know, it had its ups. It's like the whole season. It had its ups and its downs, you know? It had its highs and its lows, trying to, you know, be happy for Blue, who who ended on the win, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, you know, you still feel for... Black and red who didn't make it on to finals, right? So it's like these. You know what I feel better about this year though, is that and I can't quite remember last year. All I here's actually what I do remember last year and how I compare it to this year. I remember last year we had senior black win. Did blue did blue hit last year? I can't remember if blue hit. I can't remember if blue hit 13 or not last year. Oh, you know what it was? Red didn't hit last year. That's what it was. And so I remember just having like Man, I wish they would have. Even if we didn't win, it's always just better to go out on a hit, you know? I felt better this year, even though the teams didn't make it to finals. I felt at least all of our routines ended with zeros, right? Especially ones that didn't move on to finals. You know, because we did, you know, we went out there and, you know, we hit zero deduction routines, right? I think la- I remember last year just being, I just just bummed out for the kids who, like, they weren't able to end their season on a zero, even though we got fourth last year, it's kind of weird. We got fourth last year. You know, made it the finals, got fourth, uh, didn't make finals this year, but I just felt so much better about the routine. And I think the kids are, you know, proud of that. But here we are. It was a good weekend, you know. But yeah, here we are. Tryouts are around the around the corner. So this is our trial episode, yeah. B. So this is actually your suggestion that we did a whole trial episode. So I know you got a bunch of questions sent in to you. We had questions sent in to you know, the question of the week that just kind of pertained to tryouts. And then we put it up on the uh, Let's Talk to Your Podcast Instagram. So a bunch of questions got shot, got sent there. We're not answering all of those questions, but, you know, we're going to go through and answer some questions. And then obviously if you have follow-ups, we'll we'll dive into there. I decided, I was like, ah, oh, should we go live? We're just going to be on there all day. Yeah. You know? I <laughs> <laughs> I know how it is. You know, we do ours just for our gym. It's like, you know, we're on there forever just answering questions. So anyway, tryouts. Let's go. New season on the mind, on the grind. B, hit us with the first question. All right, here
1: we go. Question number one. What is your favorite type of team? Like what team dynamic?
0: Uh, favorite type of team. Team dynamic wise, it's, it's very simple. It is very simple. And we want, I've probably said this a thousand times on the podcast. I want to have working athletes with a positive attitude on the team. And then I'll throw in competitive as well. So you want athletes who just simply work hard. Okay, they come into practice and they're just ready to put in work, right? And so you want hardworking athletes, you want athletes who have positive attitudes. Like, so no matter what the situation is, whether things are going their way or things aren't going their way, you want athletes to have a positive attitude, you know, because the season is full of ups and downs. We can't only be hard workers when things are going our way. It's actually funny, the two coach Wooden's first two words. And this is, this is why they're his first two words. And it's really because of the most two important things, industriousness, which is just hard work, right? You want to have hard workers and enthusiasm. Those are the first two words coach Wooden talks about on his pyramid. You want to have hard workers with positive attitude and you want athletes who are going to be competitive, right? And so competitive, like, you know, to me is just that it's hard work, but it's just like, I won't be outworked, right? Like I'm gonna give it my all. I, if this team beats us, like I'm not just gonna be like, okay, we're just a bunch of losers that we're gonna go. No, no, no. I'm gonna keep going, and I'm gonna go down. And I kept telling this to um senior black this year, right? We'd lose a competition, and we lost, you know, we lo- we lost a couple in a row, and I was just like, hey guys, you know, it is what it is. But Aaron Rodgers had said this: football player, former Green Bay Packer, now um, New York Jet this year during the football season they didn't have a good season right and like a lot of people predicted them to go to the conference championship and or the super bowl right he'd won the he'd won the mvp the last two years and i was pulling for him even though i'm a Giants fan i really like aaron Rodgers. um don't at me people he's controversial (laughs) Anyway, so they just didn't have a good year. And I remember they were talking about, hey, should we – the media was asking him, you know, should you, you know, sit down the rest of the year? Like, you guys – it doesn't look like you guys are going to make it to the playoffs. Should you just – sit out the rest of the year and, you know, kind of rest your body, prevent yourself from getting injured. And he said, I don't want to sit down until we are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And he said, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down scrapping. And I like just kept telling that to the athletes. Like if we're going to go down, we're going to go down scrapping. Like we're not going to just roll over and, and just give up on the season because we lost a couple competitions. We're going to go down, we're going to go down scrapping. And so you want competitive athletes. You know, they're individually competitive, that they're always trying to outdo themselves. You want friendly competition within the team. Like you don't want to have like rivalries where kids are trying to sabotage other kids on the team. But you want, you know, when this kid is hit five out of five stunts, you want to be like, you know, they hit five out of five, I'm going to hit five out of five. Oh, they, you know, they were able to stick and stand their tuck. I'm going to stick and stand my tuck, right? And so you want competitive athletes. You want a competitive nature in your program. You want to have, you know, if you get the whole team competing every single day, then then that's a great thing. Hard workers, positive attitude. That is the perfect team dynamic if we're not talking about like skills, you know, so there you go. That's that's my uh, long winded answer.
1: Good to know. All right. Question two, top reasons why you wouldn't move someone up.
0: Top reasons why you wouldn't move someone up. Uh, The number one reason is they just flat out just don't have the skills, right? Like every team is made up of skills, right? You need to have, you know, the, the score sheet says you need to do X, Y, and Z in order to score, you know, these certain points. And so you have to have a team that is able to do those skills, right? And so the number one reason why you wouldn't move someone up is simply just because they don't have the skills to make said team, right? Because everyone has to be able to pull their weight. Now, outside of skill, there is maturity or mentality or if they're emotionally ready for that type of team, you know, this is a big thing right here. I hear this all of the time. Parents and athletes tend to want to be on older teams. That is just They tend, I'm not saying every parent, every athlete wants to be on an older team, but parents and athletes tend to want their athletes on older teams. You know, there are younger athletes who make older teams. And then I'll get an email that says, ah, the older girls are kind of mean to the younger girls. And high school girls just aren't that nice. High school girls tend not to be that nice to each other you know, for whatever reason. I heard uh, Jordan Peterson say this. He said that guys express anger through like physical violence and then girls express anger through reputation destruction and like innuendo, right? So girls tend to talk about each other more than guys do and guys tend to fight, like physically fight each other more than girls do, right? And so when girls don't like girls on the team, they're just like, you know, mean to them, right? Like we don't see fights, like physical fights break out, but you know, they talk behind their backs and all those sorts of things, right? And so, especially like high school girls do that a lot more than than like youth kids or, you know, obviously many kids, right? The point is, you know, you have parents who are like really excited that they're athletes on an older team, And then later complain about them being with the older, the the older girls are are mean. Like, yeah, that happens. It literally happens every year. Every year I get that email from a younger parent who's athletes on an older team. So you kind of got to think about that. Like, is this athlete going to be able to handle being on an older team, right? Are they mature enough to be on an older team? Are they emotionally ready to be on or on any team, you know? And so those are the... Those are things you have to consider flat out. Do they have the skills? Are they emotionally ready for that team? Um, some teams just move faster than other teams. Are they mentally ready for the demands of that team? Some teams are just flat out harder to be on than other teams, right? As you can imagine, a prep team is pretty chill compared to like a world's team, right, right? The physical demands of a world's team and like the the mental taxation that takes on an athlete is a lot different than the mid-season prep team, right? And so are athletes ready for that type of commitment, right? So you have to kind of balance all of those things when putting together a team there we go let's hear it b
1: perfect question three what's the main difference between same level prep teams versus elite teams
0: that's a good question that is a good question oh i didn't say this before but one thing with tryouts because this is like it's the most stressful time in the year for everyone it's the most stressful time in the year for for coaches and owners and everyone on the gym side really stressful time For parents and athletes, you know, especially if you've been at a particular level for, you know, quite a long time, and you're really looking to level up, or maybe you've only been there for a little bit, but you know, you you really have aspirations of leveling up or making a particular team cause a lot of anxiety in a lot of people's, you know, hearts and minds. And so, you know, I'm going to try to answer these questions, but every gym is different and there's some things that we can do. So, I'm going to try to answer these questions to the best of my abilities based on the little context that I have from these questions, based on my experience And kind of like how we do, not necessarily how we do things here, because I'm trying to answer it based on what I can read from the question. But there are some things that we can do and do in our program because we're our program, right? We just have different things. Like there's different things that we can do and we do in our program because we're a Division One program here in Bakersfield. Now, the Division Two programs here in Bakersfield might not necessarily be able to do that. Now, there's things that we can do in our program that other gyms just can't do. And there's other things that other programs can do that we just can't do just because of different all these different things come into play right your gym size your culture your your coaches how close another gym is to you like all those things play a factor in like all these decisions what are what goals are important to you at the end of the season like is it really important for you to be like really competitive in all your levels is it can is it only important to you to be competitive like in one particular level is being competitive not something you care about at all right so all those things matter when putting together teams so question is main difference between prep and elite uh really first it would be the experience level of the athletes most of our prep athletes are between their first and third year cheering um i'm guessing there might be some who are more than four years but most of them i would guess are between their first and third year cheering and so just flat out experience obviously experience comes with skill so the skill level. There is a difference in our program between prep and elite to make one of our elite level one teams. You know, you have to have the standard level one skills, back walk over, front walk over, probably a switch leg in there somewhere, right? And so you have to have those certain skills and we don't have a skill requirement for our prep teams. And the other thing is just the commitment level of how far do you want to travel? Like we try to keep traveling. We try to keep it so families don't have to get a hotel room for our prep teams where they could just do the trip all in one day, drive there, compete, drive back. The last couple of years we have gone to Vegas. uh, It's kind of like a consequence from COVID because of things I don't necessarily need to get into. But so we've gone to Vegas these last couple of years. The parents seem to enjoy that trip. So we've kept it on the schedule. We'll see if we keep it on the schedule next season. But for the most part, the travel... Travels a lot less, the time commitment at practice is a lot less, the uniform, you know, all the expenses are a lot less for us. And it really is for athletes trying to figure out if they enjoy cheer or not, but do want to have somewhat of a competitive experience, right? Our elite teams practice about double the amount our prep teams do. And there's just a bigger demand on everything your time, your money, your commitment, you know, all those things. So, as far as rules are concerned, I know the prep teams are about two minutes. Elite teams are two minutes and 30 seconds as far as the routine is concerned. And there's some rule differences. You know, I don't coach prep and I've never coached a level one team. So I don't know what the different rules <laughs> are. Bailey could answer that question a lot better than I could.
1: <laughs> I would say.
0: Did Bailey would be a perfect person to yeah, answer Yeah,
1: definitely. I would say as a parent from my athletes going from a prep level one to you or sorry, elite level one, 100% like you hit everything right on the nail. The demand for time, like your time commitment is a big thing. I think depending where you, what gym you're at, there's a price difference and the travel. That's like the biggest thing. I know (laughs) for my girls, when they went, they were from prep, you know, I think it was like fun and we're having a good time. You know, there was definitely serious moments and all that stuff. I think it was more fun for them as opposed to elite, not saying that elite's not fun for them, but it's more serious. Um so mm-hmm. that's what I could tell like in the athlete. It was like, oh yeah, we're going to practice. Ha ha. Giggling, laughing and then go to elite and it's like, all right, here we go. Time to like really mm-hmm. get down to work. So
0: Yeah. No, I feel you Good job. Good good answer, B. The parents need to hear those <laughs> things. All right. So B, let's let's get to a break. And when we come back We're answering more of your questions, guys. We're answering more of your questions. We got more. Let's get to a break and we will be back. True story. When I was a kid, my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard. Back then, buying mats from Tumble Track was not an option. But now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by Tumble Track. Start perfecting those rolls kickovers handsprings and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors get ready to flip twist and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by tumble track link in the description and we are back answering all of your tryout questions so we're moving on down the line so b hit us up with that next question let's see If your boy can answer it.
1: Perfect. Question four. Should I have my athlete audition at two gyms?
0: Should I have my athlete audition at two gyms? This question right here. This question right here is why I'm not as close to families as I would like to be. And it is because the industry, families have turned very transactional over the years meaning you know at one point it really was teams were like they were just extra loyal to their program right through the good and the bad like no matter what happened they were going to die with with those colors you know and over the years it's kind of shifted where families are a lot more transactional than they used to be i'll give you an example real quick b you have the twins we all hear about the twins And you love the twins, Mm -hmm. right? And no matter what, you're always going to love them. It's going to take, who knows what it would take for you to actually like kick them out of the house and be like, you are never allowed to come back, right? Like maybe there's a tipping point. But may, like that's a maybe, 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 maybe they could do something that could make you finally go, yeah, you guys can never come back here, mm-hmm. right? But that's like you, you know, it's like way down there, like it's something outrageous. You can't even imagine that they would that that they would get to that point, right? Because your love for them isn't based on anything they do for you, right? They they can't do anything for you. They're just your kids, right? And so you have what we call unconditional love for your daughters, meaning your love does not come with conditions. It's not, I love you. If you get good grades, I love you. If you make, you know, the level two team, I love you. If you, you know, if you love me, right. Joey's a very funny kid and she'll go, I don't love you. Right. And she says it and she says it just to annoy us. (laughs) Ashley tends to get like, if she says it about me, she'll get like, no, we don't say that. And what I always tell Joey Is I don't care if you love me, Joey. I'm always going to love you. And I always tell her that, like, I want that embedded in her brain. Joey, it doesn't matter. I'm always going to love you, you know? And so, right? Unconditional love versus like, you know, trans, you know, transactional, which is my love or our relationship comes with, you know, conditions, right? One day the girls will get an apartment. Maybe they'll share an apartment together. That'd be cute. little twin roommates um and you know but their landlord is going to have conditions on which they're allowed to live there and the conditions are you know pay the rent and you know pay the rent on time put holes in the wall and don't do all this stuff and if you don't do x y and z you'll be living on the streets right and and they're And in return, they go, okay, well, we're going to pay you this money, which means you're going to keep up with the maintenance in the apartment and you're going to, you know, make sure the toilet works and make sure the lights are on or whatever those conditions are, right? And if you fail to meet these conditions, then I'm going to, you know, move to a different apartment or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this, right? And so they have a transactional relationship. And what I've seen over the years is that, Families have moved from more unconditional love and loyalty for their program to more transactional relationships with their program, right? And so it gets hard to – again, like I said, it's the reason why I'm not as close to families as I want to be because, because I see just the transactional relationships that happen in the gym – And I'm not talking about our gym necessarily. I'm just talking about like in the industry, I see it a lot. But that, that, right? And so that's a perfect example. Should I audition at two gyms, right? And the reason why they're auditioning for two gyms is because they don't care about what gym is better for their athlete. They just care about what level their kid makes, right? That's, or what, and, and that's basically it. Now, I'm assuming a lot of things in this question, but should I audition at two gyms? I want my daughter to make a level three team. If she doesn't make the level three team at this gym, she's going to try out here. And if she she makes level three there, she's going to go there. I could care less about the coaching. I could care less about the culture. I could care less about anything else other than my daughter making level three. Right. And so, you know, (laughs) there we go. So should my daughter try out for two gyms? Yeah, I guess. But if you're going to be, if parents are going to be, you know, I think we all say this about big uh, companies, not necessarily like big gyms, but big companies, right? Oh, I'm just a number there. I'm just a number there, right? Oh, don't bank with them. Don't bank with Wells Fargo. You're just going to be a number there. Bank at your local credit union, right? Oh, don't go to California All Stars. You're just going to be a number there, right? And so, but if but if parents are going to be transactional, then then they should expect gyms to be transactional as well, right? So. Anyway, B, what do you got? What, I'm sure you have some input on this this question.
1: I honestly, I would like to talk to somebody that is considering having their athlete try out at two gyms and like no rhyme or reason behind it. I just would like to know like their thought process. So for me and my family and my children, there's only one D1 team in town and that is Our gym and you know, nothing, I have absolutely nothing against D2 gyms, but I understand when you said, you know, if my athlete doesn't make a level three team at one gym, I'm going to go to the other gym. And if she makes it, that's where we're going to stay from my heart. I can understand Why a parent would think that, and I told I I do I totally get it. Like that's the same like in my household. Like my girls want to make a higher level team. I understand. I feel like you have to do what is best for your family, for you, your athlete, and you know that saying goes along with the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So, you know, if your athlete makes a level two at this gym that has great coaches. And the most of the parents, you know, are great. There's not that much drama like it just vibe, like you love the gym, like you just vibe with the people and the coaches, but they only make a level two team and you go over to, you know, Susie's gym down the road and you make a level three team. I think you have to know and understand that it might not all come like you're not all your hats are in a basket does that make sense like you don't buy you might not vibe with everybody and you might not like the coaches but your athlete made a level three team so I think you really have to like weigh those decisions. I know for me right now like there's no other gym that you know is a D1 gym in our town so I'm not in that predicament to say oh well do you want to try out for Susie's gym down the road or do you want to try out for American. I'm not in that situation so I have no idea what my thought process would be. I do know that I love the culture that we have at our gym. I have a lot of friends there my girls love the coaches you know my husband always says it best like we train to win and it shows so i i don't know i really would just love to talk to somebody that is considering trying out for two gyms just because i'm not in that predicament so i would like to know like their thought process and there's more to it i know from someone that's actually in it of why they're thinking about that
0: the only thing they're thinking about is which team is my daughter going to fly on which what what higher level team she's going to be on that's the only thing honestly i've been doing cheer for too long it's the only thing it's the only thing it i i didn't i mentioned it this time but it's flying and it's what level they're on you know i was in southern california we had california all stars 30 minutes south we had california all stars about 40 minutes north we had cheer force about what 40 minutes west you know not to mention intensity which was down the street which was uh, they're probably d1 at the time i'm not even sure if we had d1 d2 at the time so you know they're just the other gym in town at the time so we were surrounded i mean there was there is lots of movement in southern california kids move gyms all the time in southern california it's crazy and so yeah kids just when kids didn't make the team they wanted they went somewhere else a hundred percent if kids when the list came out if the kid did not make the team they wanted, they just drove to a different gym. It happened every every year, right? And so, or she's not going to fly on this team. Well, she's not flying. We're not staying, right? My buddy Edwin, he always hashtags, I fly or I quit. It's like, his <laughs> it's his hashtag. "If I fly or I quit, right? And so you just hear it every single day. So it's that's the thought process, B. Oh, my daughter didn't make the level whatever, and I want her to be on this team, or she wants to be on this team. And so- which again which is why I'm not as close to families as I'd like to be because too many times we thought oh they're they're down for the cause right they'll they're going to go down with the ship and it it was just that we were we were the best thing at that time like there weren't any other better options mm-hmm. right and oh there's no options right well then 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 this is what we're going to do and so as a coach or gym owner when you, especially when you feel like you're very loyal to the families, athletes, parents, everyone, you're very loyal to the families, mm-hmm. and then they just go, well, this was just better for us, right? Like, oh, okay, well, I, I guess loyalty means nothing to you, right? You know, and so, you know, yeah. that's that.
1: All right, on to the next question. If multiple team options are available based on tryouts. How do you decide?
0: I'm guessing this is from a coach gym owner who says, hey, I could put this kid on the junior level two or the senior level two, which one she should she mm-hmm. be on? How do I uh, There's a couple things. Uh, tryouts aren't set in stone. And so you have like, just because you said something on May 16th, Doesn't mean that that has to be the answer for the entire season. You know, you can have a grace period. Like you can make decisions like, oh, you know what? We put her on this team and this isn't quite working out the way we thought it was going to work out. So let's try it over here. And that's for better or for worse. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, there's throughout the summer, athletes get, get moved up to higher level teams and athletes, you know move down to lower level teams, right? And it happens throughout the summer. And so you don't have to be married to any particular answer you make during the season or during at tryout stage. Now, what would I do in that particular situation is typically we will call and say, hey, what do you want to do, right? And we've done this a billion times, right? In a bunch of different scenarios. We would do it at PCM. Hey, you can make, you try it out at our Marietta location, right? And we had another location like 45 minutes, Away. You tried out at our Marietta location. Do you want to be on the level three in Marietta or do you want to be on the level four in Anaheim, right? Oh, well, because they weren't going to make the level five in Marietta, right? So there was a gap. So uh, we kind of think you're a level four athlete, but we don't have a level four team for you. So you can drive to our other location and be on the level four there, or you can stay in this location and be on our level three, right? This is kind of an extreme example, but we would call the parents and go, Hey, what do you want to do in this situation? Oh, well, Oh, she really wants to make the all four. we don't care what location we're at, send us to the Anaheim. No, you know, she has a really busy schedule. She's a whatever she really needs. It's, it's really important to us. Like her sisters in the gym, it's really important to us that we stay in the Marietta location. Awesome. Or we'll call parents, hey, would she rather be a flyer on this team? Or would she rather base on this team? oh man, uh, yeah, no, she really wants to be a flyer. She'll be a flyer on the lower level team instead of base on the higher level team. No, she really wants to move up levels, doesn't care if she flies or base, doesn't care what she does, she just really wants to be on a higher level team. Awesome, we'll do this. And so just kind of getting parents feedback on kind of their thought process behind those things. And it's not that we call every single parent because you know, gyms still have to try to put together competitive teams and do what's best. And if every athlete, if every parent, and family made the decision on what team they make all teams would be terrible everywhere but you know there's sometimes you're like ah you know i'm not really sure what to do with this with this athlete and they can go either way um you could also put the athlete on both teams right they can cross over they can be on both teams or they can be on both teams for an extended period hey we're gonna put them on both teams for the next month and In a month, we'll decide which team is best for them. A lot of things happen. As soon as the tryout list comes out, teams change. As soon as you hit send, someone gets mad, someone gets frustrated, someone quits. Now, all of a sudden, you have to change and rearrange your routine. And so this is something I'll say to coaches, which I've said before on other episodes. But if you're new, here you go. Guys, don't get too caught up in making the perfect team at tryouts. Now, this is just my opinion. Other owners and gym directors and coaches might have different opinions, but this is just my opinion. Don't get too caught up in making every single team perfect because as soon as you hit send, people are not happy with the team they made and then they quit and then you got to figure out how you're going to replace that kid. So just put kids on teams kind of tentatively and just know that you know kids are going to quit. They they just are. And if they don't quit because they're frustrated, maybe everyone is hundred percent happy with with the team, all the teams they made, but things happen. Oh, we can't afford it anymore. Dad lost his job. We can't afford cheer. They gotta quit. Oh, girl, you know, breaks her foot and now she's out for the season and she can't cheer anymore. So life happens and things are going to change. So, you know, put together teams and you know, give yourself room and the flexibility to to change rosters throughout the the summer and throughout the year if you have to so there you go parents both teams testing period
1: perfect question six what is your strategy for placing teams or top things you consider
0: top things I consider you better have the tumbling I'm talking to the coaches your team better have the tumbling I'm not talking to athletes your team better have the tumbling you can't compete without the tumbling so got the tumbling and then you have to be able to stunt and so you better have the flyers And you better have the bases, right? And this all seems like pretty simple, but just for parents to understand, I guess, as well, just because your athlete can do said tumbling doesn't mean they're necessarily gonna be a good fit on that team. Like, you know, the, the teams are a puzzle piece and you have to be able to put together a team that can go and compete, right? And everyone has to be able to do their job. There's gonna be, I guarantee it at our gym and at every gym across the nation, there's gonna be an athlete who makes we'll say level three there's going to be an athlete who makes a level three team who does not have you know the standing handsprings or the running tumbling through the tuck and there's gonna be another athlete who makes a level two team who has the standing handsprings and has the tumbling through the tucks and there's going to be a parent who goes why did this girl make this team and i didn't make that team now, I can't tell you specifically why that kid made that team, but I will tell you they brought something else to the table that you didn't bring to the table, and it's as simple as that. They're a base. They're a flyer. They had, they have something that they're bringing to the team that you necessarily don't bring to the team, right? And so there are – it's not – you know, tumbling really, really helps. It really, really helps you to have the said amount of tumbling, right? And that's probably the, you know, it's like one of the most important things. It's the easiest thing to look at to determine whether a kid should make this team or not. But, you know, teams are nuanced and they're not all black and white. You're putting together a team full of athletes that have to go out and compete. You're not just putting together every tuck you have in the gym and putting them all on one team. You're not just putting together all the standing handsprings you have and putting them all on one team. Teams have to do a variety of different things out there on the floor and and different athletes fill different gaps. So, you know.
1: Well, now I'm curious to be like, why did you don't have to say anything, but I'm like thinking in my head, why did my kids make youth black? And, you know, uh, as a parent, I am thinking that. Yeah.
0: There you go. Yeah, there's just a there's just so many different and you know, and Youth Black is a good example of of what kind of team, you know, I've said this before, but we put together Youth Black differently than any other team in the gym. Really cuz we want it to be like a training team for the athletes where they can learn and grow and kind of test out their skills and push their skills a little bit more and, and less focus on on like winning competitions right now we want to try to win as as much as we can but youth black has really been the team that we put together just because we want to get younger kids training higher level skills a little bit sooner now youth black gave me a lot of stress this year um, not like like real stress they didn't give me like real stress but they were just like you know yeah. I'm like, man, can't get these kids to do this. We can't get these kids to do this. And I was talking to another gym owner. I'm like, man, youth black team, man. (laughs) They're killing me. (laughs) Right? And he goes, and he's like, yep. But it's a really important team. It's a really important team to have in your program. It's like you gotta have a youth three. And I'm like, I know you gotta have a youth three. Like you just, you know, the youth three, it's so important for the future of your program. And so we're a little bit more lenient on who makes youth black than we would who makes, you know, senior black or senior red or you know, those types of things, right? And so or even like junior white. Like we're more lenient on kids do make youth black than we are who make junior white. Junior whites are junior level one team. For those of you who don't know, youth blacks are youth level three team. So, you know, and so all those things like come into play, like what's the goal of, of this team and what role do they play in the gym? And so all those things come into play when it comes to deciding your gym and, or not your gym, but your, your teams at tryouts, right? And any follow-ups for that B?
1: No not necessarily i mean
0: all right well then let's get to a break all right well then let's get to a break we're, we're quick guys i can't remember if we said this the last time um b was on but b that microphone is you sound crispy b we got B a new microphone and she just sounds crispy it's buttery smooth right Ooh. now so that sounds great i can like i can like hear it yeah it's great so anyway that's what your donations go to guys if you want to donate to the pod we got B a new microphone a new camera so you know you donate to the pod your money goes to good places and we're we're doing things around here so anyway let's get to a break and uh when we come back we'll uh we got some more questions let's go Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how NextGen Next Gen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. All right, B, here we go. We are back. Dude, we we got a few more questions. So, dude, let's hear it. Let's go. Let's see what we got.
1: All right. Question seven Should I shoot for the higher level team or the lower level team? Example, level three or level four? And I'm personally really curious to hear this because I think it, like, for me, I'm like going to be soaking it in because I think this really relates to me and my kids right now. Like, You know, they have the tumbling for the level two, but not all the tumbling for the level three. So I'm really curious to see how you answer this question, you know, between level Mm -hmm. three and four. So
0: it's a it's an interesting question where it's like, should I shoot for the level three or should I shoot for the level four? Um, Because. gyms place the athletes, Mm -hmm. you know, like no matter what you shoot for. Not talking to you, talking to whoever asked this question or just people in general, but no matter what you shoot for, gyms are still going to place the Mm -hmm. teams, you know, so it's, you know, when you go to competition, it's not like, should I shoot for first place? Or should I shoot for second place? Well, no, you just go out and compete. And then the judges, you know, give you a score, right? So it's like, it's not up to you. You know what I mean? I always try to remind that to the athletes. Like, hey, guys, we're not going after a certain score. We're not going after a certain bid. We're not going after a certain placement. We're just trying to go out there and do our very best. After that, the judges will take care of it. And that's kind of what I get with this question. Like, should I shoot for level three or should I shoot for level four? Well, you go out and do your best, you know, present your best skills. And then the coaches are going to put together the best team they can based on the athletes they have. So, so many times, like, you making a particular team obviously has to do with you as an individual athlete, but so much of the team you make has nothing to do with the team that you're on, right? And so, because it's a puzzle piece, you have to, again, you have to be able to contribute to the team. If a bunch of kids younger than you, if a bunch of kids who are flyers, right, show up, and with your same tumbling level, then you might be on a younger team being a base. If a bunch of kids older than you with your skill levels show up to tryouts, then you might be on the older team as a flyer. And you have nothing to do with that. You're still the same kid. It's not like you are any better, any worse. It's just like you had more kids with this particular skill, and the gyms were able to make up this team. And so... You go, you do your best skills, and you can have, and you could have a perfect level four tryout, a perfect level four tryout. You nail your, your standing tuck, your handspring tuck, your layout looks great. Your whip through looks awesome. And everything, you know, you like, man, I killed my tryout. I'm going to make the level four team. But if no one else at your age and ability tries out, then you're probably going to make the level three team, right? And some gyms is not even you're going to make the level three or make the level two because you're too old. For the junior level three, you gotta be on the, you know, senior level two, right? And that's nothing really to do with you. It's all these other factors that determine the team that you make. So there you go. Like that's so do your best try out, and then Jim's place teams. Yeah.
1: I think I will say as a parent, and I think a lot of parents can relate to me, is it is hard. And this is just as a parent, like no coaching involved or anything it is hard to have your athlete have the skills of say a level three team and try out but all with all the dynamics that the coaches have to go through they make a level two and I think that took me Mm -hmm. a while as a parent to understand that well my athlete has all the skills for a level two team but they still made a level one you know that that was that's it's really hard to understand that but I get it now. It does. It stinks, but I I, I understand. So
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's just so many. You know, unless you go to cheer athletics, Plano, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm which I think is the biggest gym in the in the country where they just have, I remember talking to John Davenport coach of uh sassy Shout out to sassy cats who won uh, summit this year. And he's like, yeah, we're coming to spirit sports this year. We're bringing our youth program. And I was like, Oh, do you guys have a, a youth, you know, level three, right. That can be against youth black. And he's like, Oh, we have youth in every division, like every division, right. Small youth, one, medium youth, one, or let, let's start even lower, small, <laughs> small, tiny one medium tinies, what, you know, medium mini one media or, uh, small minis, medium minis, level one and two. Right. And so he said, we have every youth division, right. And so he brought a whole, a whole gym worth of youth level athletes. Right. And so unless you go to something like that, who just has every level, every age group and every, um, ability group, right. Every level, then you're probably there's going to be a lot of kids who you know, especially at a d2 gym and it's hard it's it's not that every d1 gym has this because we have trouble with it as well and we're a pretty big gym you know you know but some of these but at d2 you know the gym the teams are so sporadic like we have a yeah we have a, a junior level one we have a a youth level two, and we have a whatever, you know, a senior team, right? And so you got to kind of fall into, well, we we're, these are our three options, right? We have this level one, this level two, and this level three. And hopefully your age group matches one of those things that we could kind of use you or, or we don't know where exactly to place you. And so again, it's harder. I mean, we figure out a way to make it work, because we have a little bit more I mean, we're able to have a little bit more options, but it is even hard for us who have even more team, you know, age and ability wise, but it is hard in that sense to place everyone on their exact team and skill level. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, guys, you don't necessarily want to be on, you don't necessarily want to be on your team's exact, your athlete's specific skill level. I had a mom say this to me one time her kid didn't make this particular team uh i can't remember what team she wanted she wanted her her kid to make but the kid didn't have the skills right kid didn't have the skills at all right could kind of throw it but like didn't have it and i said you would be very mad at me if i put your kid on a team with their exact skill level right every kid on the team had their skill level and she's like yeah i i would like yeah, so why should I put your kid on the team? If you're gonna be pissed off at me, if every other kid on the team like you want your kid just to get carried, right? And everyone else does a heavy lifting and we just put your kid because if we built a kid, if we built your if we built our team only based on your kid's skill level, you know we'd be a terrible team. And as far as there's there's a balance when it comes to this, when it comes to the team, is the team you put together at tryouts, it's the most important thing that happens all season long. The most important thing that happens all season long is team placement. After team placement, your potential is set for the season. You have a certain potential once rosters are made because you know, you can only have so much talent or you know, once you're, you're, your routine is based on your talent level and your talent level matters when it goes when it comes to going out there and actually competing. If all the athletes are all entry level athletes, right? You know, this was this was the big issue with U3. I said, Man, that was just it was just it was harder this year with U3. We spent so much time training like the tucks for the kids, right? Trying to get the kids to land on their feet and trying to get the kids to get timing and do all these things. We're not able to spend time on anything else, right? We spent a lot of time you only have so much time in the day everyone has 24 hours right all of us we wake up we get 24 hours and we get to choose how we use that 24 hours now b i'm guessing you spend zero percent of your time training yourself how to tie your shoe right you spend zero percent of your time on training yourself on how to tie your shoe now you have to tie your shoe every day but you don't train it anymore at one point, you spent a decent amount of time training how to tie your shoe, yeah. right? But but because you don't have to train yourself on how to tie your shoe, you can use that time for anything else you want in the world. Anything else, because you already have that skill mastered. But if you didn't have that skill mastered and you had to take time out of your day, you know, whatever time you took out of your day to do that, that would be real time out of your day that you wouldn't be able to use towards anything else towards your day, right? And so when we have entry level skills, or the skills aren't there, you know, quite there at all, we have to spend time training those things. And when we spend time training those things. We're not spending time training other things, Mm -hmm. right. And when you don't have the opportunity to spend training other things, right, you're gonna get beat in other categories, right. And so that's why you can I remember arguing with I remember being at PCM. And for whatever reason, I'm trying to argue about putting a kid on a particular team. And I said, yeah, but she already – she's like, well, she's not as good of a stunter. I said, yeah, but she's a better tumbler, which means she can spend more time learning how to stunt. She already has the tumbling. She won't have to train her double. She already has combo through the double. Put her on the team because she's going to – she can use – instead of training her combo through the double, she can train stunting, right? Like she already knows how to tumble. She can use that time even though she's not that good of a stunter, right? Arguing between like these two different kids. And – Anyway, the point is, yes, I feel for kids who have particular skill sets, who don't make their particular team, but know that it's not always, you know, if you want to have a really competitive team, your kids have to be more, you know, if competing is important to you, right? You have to have more than just those particular skills, right? Now, okay, I was, I was trying to say this before, but there's the two parts of the season. The the tryout season, right? Yep hey, I made this team, I'm so happy, or I'm so discouraged, and this sucks, right? There's that part of the season. And then there is the rest of the season. Practices. Again, I, I said this before, but I'm, I'm willing to guess. And I'm not saying that your girls didn't have fun on Youth Black, but – There is a part of your girls, I'm guessing they enjoyed, they had less stress on youth white than they did on youth black, right? Mm -hmm. Because just flat out, they already had the tumbling, they own the tumbling, right? The tumbling never came into question for them. The stunts never came into question for them. And so they're able to enjoy that experience more than the experience of being on youth black. Now, kids need to be challenged and they need to be able to push their limits and their abilities and have challenges but there is a part of like anytime you ask crossovers it's like 90% of the time when you ask crossovers which team they enjoy more like which team do you enjoy more right or is like less stressful it's always like the 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 lower level team now they might enjoy their they might have better they might have more friends and have better relationships on you know, the youth level three versus the youth level one. And, and I get all those things. But like, as far as like, I think you understand yeah. what I'm saying. Like, as far as like their stress level is concerned, yep, right. Definitely. And I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everyone out there. Like there's this balance between, between those things and they have to have the rest of the season, you know, when we're conditioning and you know, we do, we ripple tucks at the end of the practice and go, Hey guys, everyone has to land on their feet every time for, you know, this amount of reps. You know, that is, you know, they have to do that every practice. That means when tucks come around, those kids, you know, who make the team with like barely tucks, they get really stressed out during that time of practice. Or when they have to do these things that are kind of like, oh man, that's like really, it gives those kids anxiety when they, and they have to do that all season long. So I get like not making the team you want to be on because you have a certain amount of skills, but there is like, there is a definite trade off when you make a team and you absolutely own all the skills you just for that particular individual particular aspects of practice um are more enjoyable and less um stressful so anyway i talked forever (laughs) I tend to do that.
1: It's okay. Good to know. Um, Okay, so let's move on to question number eight. I think this is going to be good for a lot of people to hear going into this next season. Um, So what if you're unhappy with the team you make, how to politely decline the team offer? Is it a no-no? And me personally, we've never declined a team, but I know people that have. So I'm very interested to hear this.
0: If you are going to politely decline an offer, then politely decline the offer, right? It's just politely decline it and say, oh, you know, whatever. Um, I think that we started doing this at CBU. I, I heard it from California All-Stars, and maybe we'll start doing it at American because I really liked it. We started doing this at CBU that we said on the thing, on the tryout sheet, man, we should do it. On the tryout sheet, it said I will only accept the. Sp- it said I will accept a spot on any team in any position, and I actually I think that's what California All Star said. I will accept a team on. I will accept a position on any team in any position, and then and then we put I will only accept a spot on blue, which was our competitive team, or I will only accept a spot on gold, right? And you had to check one of those things, right? I'll accept any team, any position. I'll only accept a spot on blue. I'll only accept a spot on gold, right? Most of the kids in our program at CBU wanted to make blue, which was the competitive team, right? And so, but when kids put, I'll only accept a spot on blue, and we're like, yeah, ain't no way you're making blue, then we would give those athletes a call. Hey, kid, are you sure? Because I don't know. You're just just letting you know. If If we don't have a spot for you on blue, you just want us to flat out cut you, right? Yeah. If you don't have a spot for me on blue, just flat out cut me. Awesome. You know, and some kids, some kids will get flat out cut and other kids would go, you know what? <laughs> on second, now that I'm getting this phone call and you're giving me a little foreshadowing, I think I'll accept the spot on gold as yeah. well. Right. <laughs> and so anyway, I saw like how Foon All stars did that. I think we should do that. Anyway. But what the point of what I'm trying to
1: say is. If you're unhappy, how do you politely decline? So let me ask, say, I'm just going to throw it out there. My kids make a youth level three team again, which they can't, we know, we know the story, but if my kids make a youth level three team and they didn't want to make that team, should I email you and just say, Hey, Jason, you know, we as a family have decided that a youth level three team is not going to work out. For our family this year, Um, so, you know, we're sorry. We're going to choose different endeavors. Thanks for the opportunity. Or should we say, hey, Jason, youth level three team, you know, we're just, that's not going to work out with us. Can we work something out to see if a different team works out or should we just go about our business?
0: I would say, you know, I guess I go, how unhappy are you about the team you didn't make? You know, I I think that's the thing. How unhappy are you about the team that you didn't make? Because they're not always going to make, they're not always going to make the team they want, you know? And that is just life. And I think cheer gives us a slightly different impression because we're like, well, they could have made this, like there's so many options or they could have made this team. And, you know, other places just flat out cut you, you know? Like if you try for the basketball, you try for the high school basketball team and you make JV. Like it's, I didn't want to make JV. Well, you know, those are your options, kid, because you're not making varsity. Because mm-hmm. we would have put you on varsity if you're going to make it. So, you know, can I be on varsity? You can be on varsity or you can quit. Or you can be on JV or you can quit. Or, or the school you don't get into. Like they just, you either get accepted or you don't get accepted. And so I just feel like cheer because there's so many different options. We're like, well, I wanted this, but I didn't get this. So I think if it is, I'm not talking about a slap in the face. Now, I guess everyone's going to talk about, I guess everyone, I guess a slap in the face is subjective and everyone's gonna have their opinion on what a slap in the face is but i'm talking about you have you know all of your level five skills and you make a level two team right and i'm like well sorry this is a team you made you have all your level five skills you made a level two team like that's a slap in the face you're kind of a tweener kid you know you're a tweener and you could have made this team or kind of made this team and you are crossing your fingers right Mm -hmm. if you're crossing your fingers at tryouts then it's not a slap in the face right if it's a shock to you right what how did this happen i can't understand how this how this a reasonable a reasonable person would say how did this happen then yeah you can go hey you know she's been on level five for the last five years she just made the senior level one i think this is unreasonable right now that's a little bit of exaggeration but i think if you're just like kind of unhappy with the team my personal opinion is that you should stick it out if you're just kind of unhappy because again There's a bunch of different things that happen. I remember kind of talking about this once upon a time and we were talking about what if, you know, the team they made is the team they're trying to stack so they can go win the summit this year, right? I want to make senior three, but they made, you know, junior two and they're trying to make the junior two, the team to be on, right? We need to go out there. We don't have the best junior two team in the world. And now they're upset. You know what I mean? So there's like these different things. So What would I say? I would say if you're going to complain all season long about being on whatever team, then you should quit. Just quit because there's a lot of people who made that team who are really excited to be a part of that team and for the season. And you're just going to ruin their experience. So if you're going to be a Debbie Downer all season long and just complain all the time, then you should quit. You don't even have to politely quit. Just quit. I don't care how you quit. Don't be a Debbie downer all season long and tear down our season. But if you're just like kind of unhappy, I would personally say stick it out. You know, I I just think that kids are going to face disappointment throughout life, you know, and that them fall, you know, that's why I said about being competitive, you know, what are the type of athletes that you want in the team dynamic? We want kids with who work hard. We want kids who have a positive attitude, no matter the situation and kids who are competitive kids who if something happens, something doesn't go their way, they don't just quit and go, ah, I wasn't really looking for this, that they are just competitive kids, you know, hey, um, I didn't make XYZ team, you know, I'm excited to be on You know, this team, what is what can I do to make this team, what could I have done? To make this team? Is there any chance I can do to make this team? Oh, yeah. Well, we felt like this X, Y, and Z. You know, coaches have an explanation on why every kid made every team. Now, they might not share with you why Susie made a team over you. Like, those are, I I think those are inappropriate conversations. Like, I don't think it's appropriate for me to talk to you why Susie made, you know, the same teams as your daughter. Or, or the same team as your daughters or, or a different team, right? A higher level team or a lower level team, whatever. Even if they have comparable skills, right? You go, well, they both have this skill. I don't think it's necessarily appropriate. I don't think it's appropriate for coaches to talk about other kids to other parents. But every coach has a reason why your kid made that particular team, you know? And so they can tell you they're not always conversations you want to hear. You know, well... She kind of sucks. You know, like, oh, wait, let me tell you, she's not that good. So she made this team again. She's going to be on this team forever. But every coach has a reason why they made that team. Now, again, you might not want to hear the answer. Again, there is a balance. There is a balance that happens in the season. Your happiness at tryouts is, is just one part of the season. And just because you're upset at tryouts doesn't mean you're going to have a terrible season. Now, This is very true. I said junior two and senior three earlier. Now, there were probably a lot of kids who made senior three who were really happy about making senior three at our gym this season. Probably a lot of kids. Man, I'm really happy I made senior three this season, right? I'm really excited. And and there probably were some kids who were bummed out about making junior two this season, right? I made junior two. I didn't make the senior three but it's, and I'm only talking about competitively wise. And I'm not talking about anything else other than wins and losses, but as far as wins and losses are concerned, the junior two kids are probably like, man, I'm really happy that I stayed on junior two this year. Right. We had a great season where we'll win a good amount of competition. We, had, you know, level two grand champs at, at jams. We got, you know, we won this competition. We won the summit. And there's probably a lot of kids who are happy they made senior three, but like kind of bummed out about the type of, wins and losses they had this season on on senior block this year right and so you know oh b this is great we're just talking we're talking i'm gonna tell you one more story this is a great story there's a man and his son poor family and so his neighbor would visit every so often and just check on him He's like, hey how, how you guys doing and he goes well things are good we just got a new horse and the horse is going to be able to help with the farming and we're going to be able to have, you know, money to eat, you know, so so things are good. And he goes, well, how do you know? And then he comes back a little bit later, and he goes, hey, man, how are things going? He's, well, things are bad. My son was on the horse, and the horse bucked him off, and he fell off the horse, and he broke his arm, and so... Now we can't farm, and so now we're poor, and so things are bad. Well, how do you know? And then he comes back a little bit later and goes, you know, how are things going? Well, because my son had a broken arm, well, the, the draft came through. There's a big war going on. I'm sure you heard about the war. a big war coming through. And so they had a draft, and they, they recruited all the young men out here. And so all all the young men are going off to fight in the war but my son doesn't have to go because he has a broken arm. So he gets to stay home with me. So things are good. Well, how do you know? And then he comes back later. Well, How are things going? He said, like, well, all those boys went off to war and they completely defeated, you know, the other people. And to the victor goes the spoils. So all of those boys got rich, brought it home to their family. So everyone in our town is rich now. Except for us, we are still poor, so things are bad. And he goes, Well, how do you know? You know, and so, you know, what you perceive as bad right now or good as far as tryouts are concerned, well, how do you know it's bad or good? You know, sometimes we go, Man, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, and we've said that a thousand times. Man, that was the best thing that's ever happened to me. That something that we thought was that was bad at the time. And, you know, is it that big of a deal not to make, you know, a particular team? Like in the grand scheme of things, is it that big of a deal not to make the level four team? You know, and I get it. I get it. We put blood, sweat and tears into these teams and into or into like trying to better yourself. But at the end of the day, it's just cheerleading, you know, and and I, I 100% understand that we have these goals and we want to reach these goals. Um But is your life ruined because you didn't make the level four team this year? You know, like, what can you, what lessons can we take from that? You know, where did you fall short? Where, how can you learn? Because we're going to have disappointments. We're not going to get the job that we want. You know, I wanted the job. This is very true. I wanted the job at CBU. Uh, When I first got CBU was CBU lost the coach. Um, Wendy Rice she died in an accident they called Tammy who was her friend who did choreography Tammy was adamant I do not want this job I own an all star gym I was adamant I would love this job because I don't have a job and I would like to be gainfully employed and and I'm thinking who could be a better candidate than me right? who's going to apply for this job and Tammy ended up did end up applying and I remember I didn't even get an interview that broke my heart I didn't get an interview for the job it broke my heart right Tammy ends up getting the job um I get hired on as her assistant we'd already worked we, we were the interim coaches so we were just there until they found like permanent coaches and um but yeah but it was like you know one of the best things that happened to me was not getting that job now, I was super Upset about it, right? Like I was heartbroken that I didn't get that job. And I was heartbroken that I didn't get the job at uh where else did I apply UTSA, University of Texas at San Antonio. I didn't get the job there. I didn't get the job at CBU, right? And I can go on and on about disappointments I've I've had in my life. But, you know, I'm still here standing, you know, and so they're gonna be okay if they don't make the junior you know, level, whatever the senior level, whatever, you know, like life is full of disappointments, but one of the best things that happened to me, I'm so glad I did not get the job at UTSA. And, and I simply, as much as I thought I was ready for the job at CBU, I, I wasn't ready for the job at CBU, you know? Um, And that would have been a disaster if I would have gotten that job and we would have been the program that we end up being, if I was the one running, running the show. Now, you know, Maybe I could do it now. Well, not maybe. I could do it now. Um, I couldn't do it at that time. Um, so, you know. Anyway, <laughs> if you're gonna make everyone's life miserable, quit immediately. <laughs> but you know, it's okay for your kids to go through some, some pain.
1: Question nine. Before we get to a break. Yeah.
0: I'm talking forever, B. I'm on one.
1: (laughs) You are. So uh, before we get to a break, what do you do if you don't have a team that's a good fit for an athlete?
0: Uh, Yep, that's hard. And especially this happens, the smaller your gym is, the more likely this is going to happen. That you have an athlete who, you have a bunch of kids on a mini team, like you have a bunch of kids on mini level one, and all of a sudden this mini level one kid has a tuck. And you're like, all right, well, she has a tuck. All the rest of her friends still have back walkovers. And our next team, all our kids with tucks are on, you know, the senior team, right? And so that's a real scenario that that lots of gyms go through. And I remember we had a kid years ago who who I wish we had like a youth two team for. I remember she made, she was pretty young. She's like seven or eight. She has a handspring. You know, she has her handspring, multiple hands. She's really good. All of her level two skills, but... She's the only level two team we have is the junior team. And we put her on the team. I remember just like, she couldn't do anything. She wasn't a flyer and she definitely couldn't base on that team as a seven or eight year old, you know? And so it's like, we had her tumble throughout the routine, but it's like, ah, I wish we had a youth level two team for this kid. You know, now I was young at the time. So, you know, we just put on the junior two and, you know, I didn't really come to that realization until later in the season. But, I think at this point, we handle that by, you know, having honest conversations with parents and be like, hey, here's, here's what's up. Here's what we can do. We can do this or we can do this, right? And give them some things, some options to kind of think about and talk about, you know, or even if it's not giving them options, at least have the honest conversation with them as to why you're making the decision that you're making and saying, hey, I think she's great. We're going to put her on the youth level one. We think that the junior level two, we think the athletes are just too old for her on that team. And that, you know, because here, here we go, parents, this is real. I had a parent call me. She made our midseason team. And she's really upset about some of the conversations some of these midseason athletes are having. Now, these are like 14, 15 year old girls, right? And 14, 15 year old girls are curious about life. If you understand what I'm saying, <laughs> B. <laughs> <laughs> and they're talking about piercings in in places apparently right okay <laughs> non-visible places <laughs> bathing suit piercings right
1: okay well
0: <laughs> man this Bob she was so funny she goes she goes and they were talking about piercings i can't even tell you where they were talking about piercings and then she tells me and i go okay <laughs> <laughs> i can't even repeat it however i'm going to repeat it right now but I remember her saying, you know, my daughter overheard those conversations. And, and I'm like, I, I feel you. I really do. I want my daughter overhearing those types of conversations. And, you know, I can assure you the coaches weren't participating in those conversations. You know, the kids do tend to have conversations. When the coaches aren't listening, kids tend to talk about what they talk about, right? And... And, you know, and so that's a reason why you wouldn't want to put a a super talented seven-year-old on your junior, two, because what, what I have learned is no matter how much of angels I think all of these kids are and no matter what angelic traits they present to me, I've gotten to the point where if you tell me one of the athletes said or did X, Y, and Z, I go – okay well it's probably true i don't go i can't but there's no way that she did that i go yeah okay well all right i believe all what i've learned over the years is that all of these kids are capable of mischief you know Mm -hmm. and they're not as angelic as we want them to be and they're all capable of mischief and so do you want your seven eight year old on a team with 15 year olds, because those kids have completely two different types of conversations when coaches aren't listening, you know? And so it's kind of the same thing I said before, talk to the parents about, about kind of options or just tell them the decision you're making and just say, Hey, you know, here, here's, here's why we made X, Y, Z decision, or you put them on two teams and just kind of let it test out and say, Hey, we're going to give it another month before we decide. So that's what I would do if we don't have an exact team, Like you don't have your perfect team for that particular athlete. So there you go. Good to know. All right. Want to get to a break?
1: Yeah, we'll get to our break, and then we will have our last question to answer.
0: Last last question, and then who knows? I might go off on a super tangent. Who knows? We'll see what happens. (laughs) All right, guys. Stick around. We'll be back. I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever. But with Fly Right, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by Tumble Track is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use, so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by Tumble Track. Link in the show notes. All right, guys, we are back. We're about to wrap up. We have one final question, and then who knows? I might have clothing closing thoughts who knows you never know with me we could be we might be on for the next two minutes this show might go on for the next 15 minutes we're gonna find out right now so be hit us with the last question let's see what's up that
1: couldn't be further from the truth so let's see um question 10 tryouts are approaching for new season and one of the worst attitudes will be a senior my first instinct is to not put her back on the team but is this detrimental is it an easy way out as a coach?
0: All right. First things that popped into my mind, which I didn't even think about this, but everything in your program, we're trending towards 10 minutes, everything in your program that happens, you either teach or you allow. I'm going to say it again. Everything that happens in your program, you either teach or you allow, you know, so that's one thing. Um, What would I do in this situation? We have a senior who has a bad attitude, right? And it seems like their production, it seems like their uh, tolerance is starting to um, outweigh their production. Intolerance is starting to outweigh their production. So I think I would advise to have a conversation with this athlete or this or and the family before placements and go, here's the behavior that we've been experiencing. Here is my take on your behavior. Here are the changes I expect to see. And if I don't see these changes, then this these will be the consequences. This is what I've seen. This is kind of what I get from what I've seen. This is what I now expect. And if I don't get what I expect, these will be the consequences. And they will either hear the message loud and clear and change their behavior, or they'll continue down the same path and they'll be off the team, right? Bailey came to me earlier this season about an athlete and said, Jason, I really don't want this athlete on the team. I said, well, here's what we'll do. And I told her that same thing that I just said. And Bailey just wanted me to say, you're done. You're out of here. You're not going to be in this program anymore, right? You know. so she's kind of upset that I'm trying to give this athlete another chance, right? She's like, I really don't want to see this athlete ever again in my life, Jason. Like, I know, I feel you, believe me, I, I know. Um, I said, but Bailey, here's here's the thing. She's either going to change or she's not going to change. And if she changes, then there's no problem with her being on the team. And if she doesn't change, she's not going to be on the team, you know? And, and you know, there we go. She's either going to change, but at least we gave her the opportunity, at least we let her know what the consequences for her action are going to be, right? Like this just didn't come out of nowhere, right? If anyone would like to know, if anyone's dealing with this right now, Bailey never had to coach that athlete, just so it's known. That kid broke the rules before even got placed on the team. And so, you know, on the team, her name wasn't even placed on the team yet, broke the rules, got kicked off. So, you know, but I think that you should, like, I, I think that's, you know, we go back to, like, how do you want to be treated and, like, treat people the way you want to be treated, is if I were making a mistake, you know, I would want someone to say, "Jason, here, here are the action that I'm seeing from you, and here's the behavior that I would like changed. And if that behavior isn't changed, here's what I want. No one wants to be blindsided. You know, we all have blind spots. All of us have blind spots to the way that we come off to people. You know, I have blind spots. I have no idea. I have a idea of how I want to come off to people, and you know, I there's a certain way that I hope I am perceived, but the reality is, I have blind spots, and I don't know how I come off to people. This happened just yesterday. We're in the airport. Ashley goes in. We go to the airport. We go to sit down. It's like a little t- Italian restaurant, and we sit down. And Ashley goes, "Can I get the pizza?" And the server goes, "Oh, we're all out of pizza." Oh god, man, I really wanted pizza. She goes, okay. So then, um, server comes back. So, so I'll give you guys a minute to look at the menu. So she comes back. And then I go, Ashley goes, "Uh, can we get the uh, Brussels sprouts and this and this and this? Or no, no, something else. She's like, oh, I want the soup. And the server goes, oh, we're actually out of soup too. (laughs) And if you know Ashley, she's not happy now. She's not happy now. She's ordered two things. And the server's go, yeah, we ain't got that either. (laughs) And so I kind of interject. I go, okay, so what don't you have? Just tell me what you don't have right now so we don't have to go through this again, right? I didn't say that part. But I just say, just tell us what you don't have. She's like, we have everything else. And I go, are you sure you have everything else? We have everything else. Okay. So then we ordered. Hey, can we get the Brussels sprouts? Can we get, you know, this? Can we get that? Can we get whatever? Then a couple minutes later, a dude from the kitchen comes out. (laughs) i'm sorry to interrupt your conversation but um i'm looking ashley didn't put two and two together i knew it i said oh they sent this guy out because they don't have something on our order and, and that girl's already told us that they have it but we unfortunately do not have the
1: Brussels sprouts
0: ashley's freaking pissed
1: <laughs> <laughs> i would have been mad too in her defense
0: no i know but you know ashley she's just like are you kidding me right now so i'm like all right guys uh i'm like what are we doing here guys (laughs) you're playing a joke on us and so you know she's and i remember he said you know we uh we do two hundred thousand dollars in sales every week or something like that right and goes on this explanation of why they don't have food and for whatever reason he threw in the irrelevant you know Statistic that they do two hundred thousand every week in in revenue, right? I remember he walked away, and Ash is like, "Why do I care how much you make in revenue every week, right?" Like that guy had a total blind spot on how he came off, you know. Like I'm not sure what he was trying to get across, but he could have gotten it across. Well, I know he was trying to get across, but he but saying it that way, there's a big blind spot on how he's being perceived, right? Like he thought, "I'm," you know. Whatever. So again, I say this we all have blind spots on how we are perceived. And I would want someone to, before making such a big decision, such as firing me, right? Or removing me from the program or doing whatever, I would want someone to address my shortcomings and go, hey, this is the behavior that I have been seeing. This is the behavior I would now like to see. If I don't see this behavioral change, then these are the consequences that are going to happen, right? And then we're all on the same page. Awesome. I have been whatever. I've been harsh and rude to customers. And if I get another complaint about me being abrupt or rash to customers, then I will be, you know, fired. Awesome. Now I know. Now I know to watch my tongue when I talk to customers, you know, but to just like fire someone or just to remove an athlete or a family, you know, I think we, I think we all want to give someone at least the opportunity. And if it's habitual and some of you guys go, no, we've given them so many chances. And I get that. But if it's habitual, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again, you know. And then you can at least say, I let them know. I tried to warn them. They didn't listen, you know? opposed to it just being like it just came out of nowhere when in reality it may, maybe it didn't. Maybe you've had it, but you know. And put it in writing as well. So, I would do that. But anyway, um I I know I kind of snuck that one in there, so people might underestimate that. Put it in writing. Hey, we talked about this. This is what I want to see. This is what I want to say to change. If this doesn't happen, this is going to happen. Uh, put that in writing for sure, and then, and then happen. Again, if it's habitual, right? If it's just part of who they are, then they're going to mess up at some point, and then you'll be able to get them off the team. But I will say this. This is my cheer A to Z. In cheer A to Z, we get to letter X. I guess we're skipping it. Cheer A to Z, letter X. I know. I'm not even sure what letter we're on right now, but we're doing X right now. X is X out negative people, right? And that is staff, that is athletes, that is families from your gym. And I have preached that for years. I haven't always followed it, but it is 100% true because I am telling you right now, we have had negative, all those things negative staff, families. Uh, when I say family, I'm talking about like the parents and athletes in our gym. And when they are no longer a part of the gym, everyone's life is better. Everyone's, everyone, staff feels better. Man, I love the culture we have on staff right now. Everyone gets along. We are like, you know, we're gelling, right? You know, you feel it on the teams. Man, it's so much better not to have this kid on the team right now. Like we all, again, we gel, we get along. Oh, it's so much better not to have, you know, this family in the gym right now because of X Y and Z, right? And so is it the easy way out? I mean, I guess it feels e- you know, I don't want I never want to be a coach that just like get like just kicks people out all the time. And so it kind of feels like and I I talked about this not too long ago. I'm like super patient with the athletes because you 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 know they're going through the process of maturation, right? They're maturing. They're getting older, and there are kids that I could not stand when they were in the 6th and 7th grade, and by the time they became seniors, they were kids I really, really liked, right? They went from kids who just drove me nuts and then became kids who I really, really enjoyed and you know, just loved, right? And so I know they're all going through that process, and so as a coach, I'm trying to let them – get the bugs out and not be someone who gives up on them before they had a chance, you know, to reach maturity, you know, but at some point you got to do what you got to do. Right. And it, and it's hard to know. You don't know who is going to, you don't know who's going to change and who's not going to, that's the hard. You just don't know. Like if, if, you know, if you had a, a whistle and a whistle, like a something, a bell an alert that would tell you, yeah, this kid's not going to change. Cut, cut your losses now. Or this kid, hey, just give a little bit more time. They're going to get there, right? The thing is, you don't know who's who's changed. I mean, some kids never change. Some kids mature. So I guess you just got to go with your your heart on that one. That's what Ashley would say. Anyway, that was more like a fifteen minute answer. So <laughs> you got anything for me, B?
1: I don't. I don't have anything.
0: There you go, guys. Okay, so I'll wrap up with this. I'm gonna be try to be done. Within seven minutes, because that would put the episode at an hour and fifty minutes. So I'm going to be done last, last thing. But who knows? I might be done in two minutes. The the one thing to keep at tryouts. Always remember, it's just cheerleading. I have been cut from many teams. I have I have been flat out cut where I did not make the team. I have not made the mat. I have been taken out of stunt sequences. I've been taken out of tumbling. I have not gotten the job I've wanted. I've had girls break up with me. I've had it all happen, right? I've had, you know, I didn't get into, I got into every school I wanted, but I didn't really apply to any schools, so. (laughs) I wasn't shooting for the stars, people. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there are lots of schools I couldn't have gotten into. But we've all gone through, you know, the heartbreaking disappointment of, of not getting exactly what we wanted when we wanted it, you know? But all those things shape us into the people we are today if we allow them to shape all of those are opportunities for us to learn and grow. If we choose to look at them as opportunities to learn and grow. Now we can be bitter betties in the moment and whine, complain and make excuses or we can say, "Man, you know what? This is what happened." And I'm gonna make the best out of it, right? And those, you know, that's a that's something that you get to choose as a person. You get to choose as a coach, as a gym owner, as a director. You get to choose it as an athlete. You get to choose it as a family and as a as a parent. You know, how are we gonna do this? You know, nothing is permanent. Just because it happened today doesn't mean it's going to be a forever decision. You didn't make the team you wanted. That doesn't mean you're not gonna be on the team. You know, next week, every year something happens to a kid. A kid breaks their ankle. A kid has to move. A family loses their job, and a position opens up. And if you're at home, you know, crying because you didn't make this team, you know, I'm me. I'm telling you. I remember you said this. B, you said, um, you know, if I quit and I go to another gym, I'm not coming back to America. Like if I'm leaving and I, I'm not coming back no matter what happens. The kids have to play a different sport. I'm telling you this. If a kid. If a kid quits, if Susie quits and she was next man up on level three and then Becca has to move, I'm not calling Susie. Susie already quit. I'm calling someone else. I'm just letting you know. I'm calling. I'm not calling Susie who quit and threw a tantrum because she didn't make, you know, the whatever team she wanted, even though she probably would have been the next best fit for that team. Um, I'm moving on with people who, who stuck it out with the program. That happens. Yeah. So, you know, be patient choose look at it as a learning lesson and the team you're on might end up being the best, best thing that ever happened to you. And coaches don't stress. Kids are going to leave. Kids are going to quit. Try to put together your best team. Know that you can, nothing is set in stone. It's not in concrete. Like you can make a decision and go, Hey, we, we wanted you on this team. Turns out we're going to do this. And overall during this tryout season, Treat people the way you want to be treated. Best of luck to you coaches. Best of luck to you athletes. And it's a long season, you know? So uh, I just know it's like nuance. It's not necessarily your athlete. There's so much nuance that goes into these teams. Mm -hmm. So much nuance that goes into these teams. So that's it. B, what you got?
1: I don't have anything except for, here we go. 23-24 season.
0: There we go. Let's do it. Guys. It's been real. It's been fun. Five, six, seven, eight. We're We're out. out. Hey, let's talk to your podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom podcast is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your Podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.